very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show. Today, I'm super excited to have Andre. Andre has been a guest of mine before. Andre Shodan, who's the founder of the Crew Process. Andre, welcome. Thanks so much. It's good to talk to you again. It was, we had a really good time the last time. Thank you, Andre. And um, today, I want to focus specifically about this unique process you, you learned from Disney and other places, and then that you apply to dental practices. Um, I know you start with philosophy, and then you, t- you focus on people, and then you get into the process, and then you uh, figure out how to turn that into profitability. So um, maybe what we can do is talk about this process, but step by step, let's use Disney as the example. Uh, with philosophy, and then let's build from there. Well, you know, one of the things is I, I took a lot of time uh, when I uh, did some training with Disney, and it, it was funny. I, I, I my life before uh, before di- uh, dental was in high end customer service in retail, and the company that I worked for sent me out to training with Ritz Carlton and then immediately sent me out to training with Disney. And one of the things that I learned from both of those companies and from the company I worked for was it all starts from this vision or this philosophy. And that's typically what separates a dental practice from a a different dental practice is the philosophy of the the clinician. Um, And when I look at uh, Disney, uh, one of the first things I think about is, you know, the, the ideas of Walt Disney and, and Roy Disney, his brother, who, who took over when he passed away. You know, they set a a um, a value judgment that has lasted from the early 1920s until today, and that um, philosophy is something that when we go to Disney World, to go to Disneyland, we take a cruise on the Disney ships, we understand that we're going to have a good time. We understand it's going to be a good investment for our money. We understand that our children are not going to be shocked by something they might see on the, on the, you know, in the park or on the ship. Um, we, there's a value statement that's there, and it's a value statement that I try to train all of the doctors I work with that when we start from this value statement, we can build a great crew of people. Um, we can have a great process in place to get things done, and we can have a profit motive for what we do. So that philosophy is the, sort of the glue that holds together all those other steps. Yeah, Simon Sinek, uh, I'm sure you know who he is. He, he, sure. His TED Talk was one of the top TED Talks ever, and uh, uh, he the talk was titled "How Great Leaders Inspire Action," and he talks about the idea that people don't buy what you do; people buy why you do it. Exactly. And uh, so you're saying philosophy is really the why behind. It really is. Yeah, and and like I said, in, it, it, when I work with a client, uh, until I can understand where they come from philosophically, and and I, when I use that word, it's broadly talking about their clinical philosophy and, and uh, you know, those kind of things. Um, I can't really get anywhere with them because, you know, how do we build a marketing program for that client uh, until we understand where they stand? How do we hire people until we understand where they're going to stand? So, yeah, it's a, it's it really is the most important part, the starting with the why. So, what 
is the why for Disney? I know you you took their courses. You know mm-hmm. they have lots of programs for all kinds of things. Um, what's Disney's why? Their why is to is really I mean it, and they kind of use it in a in a phrase that says you know why we're in business is to make our customers smile, and you know, I love that because we can, we can put that into the dent, the dental world so easy. Why do we do dentistry? Why are we in this business? And we do it to make smiles. Um, and, you know, we're talking in the construction of smiles and we're talking about the way we make people smile. So I love that because it works so well in this industry too. Right. I know you said you also studied Ritz-Carlton. Like what's Ritz-Carlton's why? Well, Ritz-Carlton is all about, you know, the, the approach that they take to it is, you know, you learn how to take care of a customer when you see the customer in your own set of circumstances. Um, you know, one of the great things is they have a line that says, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And that elevates that level of employee to understand why they do what they do. You know, it's, it's the, you know, the old adage of, you know, you, you, when you put yourself in somebody's shoes, you understand that person a whole lot better. Right, right. So two different whys, but very powerful whys that made these companies legends. And, and it's why I like, you know, to this day, I mean, uh, I guess it was about three weeks ago, I, I, I spent another eight hours in a Disney Institute course, you know, constantly sharpening my sword, constantly understand what, you know, the giants at Disney are doing so that I can then go back and, you know, sort of trickle down this information to the clients that I work with. Right. Just to, um, you know, deviate a little bit, like sure. what are the particular courses and tell us a little bit more about the Disney Institute, like that you really loved? Well, th- there's nothing better than actually going into the Disney, uh, Disney World Park to take the Disney Institute courses. Now, the Disney Institute courses they offer, you know, locally to you know, different locations, um, and you get sort of a snippet of what they do. But you can actually go into Disney World, take some one, two, three, four-day courses there, um, backstage behind the, the, the uh, what's going on at Disney. You learn... Uh, the, the methodologies, you learn uh, their customer service skills, you learn all the things that you need. If you were, it's, it's not as in depth, but if you wanted to go work for the park, you'd learn those kinds of things. And what they try to do is they try to show you how to uh, integrate that into your business. Now, it's not dental specific, it's general for any kind of other business. But I think, you know, half the time that I go to these courses, there's somebody in the um, patient contact uh, field. So plastic surgeons, physicians, um, last course I went to, there were a few dental offices there. So um, the courses give you uh, sort of a taste of how the business works, the business of of Disney. Right. Makes sense. Let's jump into, um, we talked about philosophy. That's kind of where everything begins. Then you said people. Talk to me about people. And again, let's start with Disney as an example. Well, and you mentioned uh, before we started that there are two parts, right? One is the your team and one is the customers. Yep. Yeah. And, and again, when we, you know, perfect example of when you're looking at people is, you know, I, I called my company the crew process and I, I've, I see the people who work with me and my clients um, as a crew. And the difference between, and this is how Disney sees it, Disney does not call their employees employees or staff, they call them cast. Um, And it's really about 
it, elevating that person to a different level. The first day that you're, uh, you know, you're training at Disney, you go through a course that's called Traditions. And again, it goes back to philosophy. You, you learn about the history of the park. You learn about what happens before you ever get to understand processes. You know, before you understand how to make an ice cream cone inside Disney World, you're learning about the traditions, the ethics, the value statements, um, the vision of the company. And that's what uh, separates the dental team from the dental crew understanding why we do this what are we you know why are we here to serve these patients um, why we you know in a dental office sometimes we don't get a break um, and why we do that sometimes the patient comes first the customer comes first so we once we understand that and we can build a set of people around us our crew then we can serve our customers all right. And until you have one, you don't have the other. And they kind of, they're symbiotes, you know, without the patient, we don't have a business. And without a great crew of people working with us, we don't have a business. So there's symbiotes and they, it, you know, if, if the host dies, so does the, so does the, uh, you know, the person who needs it. So uh, it, it, it becomes very important to have both ends of these things. And so that they both understand it. The patient has to understand why we're in business and the crew has to understand why we serve our patients. Right. So let's get into some details, some specifics. So let's take a dental office. Help me understand, you know, going back to uh, like, pick an example, pick somebody you work with, of course, give them a fictitious name. Sure. And, and talk about how did they figure, you know, what was, what was, how did they get clarity around philosophy and then, how did they get clarity around people? Well, it's interesting. I, I worked with a client recently and I, I, I challenged him and I said, you know, tell me about your practice. And he, he kind of came back with this long diatribe about, you know, where he went to school and how many continued education classes he'd gone to. And I said, okay, if I were asking you to build a bumper sticker, what would that bumper sticker say? And he finally got down to about five words that sort of wrapped up what he was saying. And those five words were almost identical to what I just told you about with Disney. It was very, very close. I won't tell you what it is, but it was very close to something like, we build beautiful smiles. And I said, now you understand why you, why you go to work every day and why you should be motivated to come back the next day. Now what we have to do is we have to take that same bumper sticker and make everybody else in the office understand how uh, that ties into what they do on a daily basis. Why is it that you order supplies that aren't, you know, the least expensive supplies available? Well, you do that because you want to make beautiful smiles for your patients that last for a lifetime. And why do we want to hire hygienists who are the nicest people in the world who also have great clinical skills? Because we want to make our patients smile. And we kept circling around that and I could see the light go on behind his eyes and he just kept, his smile became to grow and grow and grow because he got it. And now he realized that, you know what, there's somebody in our office who was almost like a cancer who did not, you know, live in that same world that he was going towards. And we realized that maybe just like at Disney, we needed to make her happy someplace else, you know, and you know, we started to look at everybody as the sort of stacking um, stepping stones to be able to build this customer service experience in the dental practice. Yes, we know we're going to be 
doing procedures that aren't always the most comfortable things to do. But we ultimately are going to build a, a practice where the people are there to serve. And again, go back to my Ritz Carlton analogy. We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. And it clicked. And I think uh, that was a success story of seeing it, it, it come, to, uh, come to life in his eyes and come to life in the rest of the people uh, who work inside the practice. And that light then started showing in the patient's eyes. Even the first day I was there, a patient said, there's something new about the way you guys are doing things here. And it just took off. Right, right. So it's almost like giving it meaning, giving it purpose, as opposed to just, oh, I'm answering a phone. Sure. Oh, I'm just, you know, booking an appointment. You know, it's something bigger than that. Yeah. And, and that you gave the perfect example. You know, one of the issues the office had was broken appointments. And this new thing, I mean, I've been, we've been working together for a little while now, you know, this new light that was shining, you know, it changed the way that patients saw these appointments. They, you know, they, it was not just um, something they could erase out of their appointment book. This was something that they wanted to show up for. This was something that they wanted to be part of. And it, it's why we spend as much money as we do going to Disney World. You know, it's, it's a huge financial strain on our family, but people, you know, I have friends who've done it 20, 30, 40 times. Right. Um, We talked about philosophy. We talked about people. What's next? So the next part is process. And the the easiest way for me to explain process to people and as it relates to, again, people and philosophy is this, you know, there's, there's McDonald's who here's a company who's got an unbelievable franchise model where no matter where you go in the world, you're pretty close to, you know, consistent, especially, you know, especially if you look at the French fries, you know, um, you look at something like Burger King, Burger King has the same types of processes and they've been able to create this same sort of franchise model where no matter where you go, you go to a Burger King, you have a consistent outcome, you know, but then we look at something like a Chick-fil-A, and here's Chick-fil-A that's breaking into the market or have broken into the market. And they have the same thing where they've got this process in place in order to be able to deliver a consistent outcome. But what they've done is they've added a component that we've talked about before, which is training their people towards their philosophy of care, which then leads to an outcome that is not only just process. We don't just get a burger, I mean, a, a chicken sandwich, but we get a chicken sandwich with a it was my pleasure to serve you. And that's what elevates that process to another level because a root canal is a root canal is a root canal unless you're not doing it right. But the process is always going to be consistent. The difference would be after a root canal, having the patient instead of leaving the office with a, you know, with a extra piece of gauze and a, and a coin envelope, but maybe with an insure or a can of chicken noodle soup, that's what elevates the process, you know, and, Again, all these processes are typically the same. It's McDonald's, it's Burger King. But does Burger King add a mint like uh, in the bag like Sonic does? Those are the things that take the process to the next level. Right. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Um, can you give me, tell me what happened with that dentist you were talking about? Like how did their process change before and after? Again, the, the, the process was the same. It was the nuance in the process. So example, um, one of the things I, f- I feel very strongly about are certain words inside dentistry. The word x-ray 
I don't know of anybody within the field of dentistry who wants to have an x-ray taken, but we're very open to the idea of having an image taken. You know, when we have a child in the chair, we typically say, oh, we're going to take pictures. But changing that wording changes the outcome, changes the process. So today, Mrs. Jones, we're going to be taking imaging on you. And now she's looking at us a little differently. And if she says, I don't understand what an image is, now we have an opportunity to talk about the fact that we've now have digital x-ray and it's 80 to 90% less radiation or whatever you're going to, you know, whatever terminology you're going to use. But now we've taken that same process and added a nuance to it that elevates it, that matches our philosophy. Again, everything ties back to the beginning. So it's, it's the process doesn't change. It's how we, how we approach the process. I don't understand. So what is the word image has to do with, you know, I, you know, I'm trying to understand like the sure. idea of bringing smiles. Like, why is that important? Why is it, okay? Just look at in marketing uh, today. Uh, look at any mom, um, mammography center out there. All right, and just think about how that uh, that industry has approached, you know, taking a digital. I mean, a, an X-ray of a chest. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And nobody's out there promoting mammography centers as the chest X-ray centers. It just doesn't sound right. It's just not a good sounding thing. So what they've done is they've called them the imaging centers, the, the digital imaging center. You know, they've taken a word like X-ray and actually, you know, uh, marketed it. They, you know, they've, they've spun it into something that's different. And in dentistry, we still use these terms to, you know, it, it, we're, we're an industry where we, we tend to have our own language. And we, you know, we, we use tooth numbers when we talk to patients about care. You know, we're going to be doing a, a DO on number 18. And they have no idea what that is. Instead of saying, you know, that you have a tooth on the lower left side that needs a filling on the top of it. So just changing those words changes our process. And it gets patients to understand what we're talking about. And it probably makes, it helps them to make the commitment to care, makes them uh, better able to, to pay for it because now they understand why they're, you know, what they're getting. So uh, those subtle word changes, changes everything sometimes. Right. So you're saying um, it's something that's more relatable to them. It's something that's less scary to them, more about them as opposed to us. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Can you talk more about, process you know uh, like how does this philosophy of you know bringing smiles uh, you know manifest itself in the process well a a lot of great things that are happening right now with the whole advent of of cad cam uh, digital impressioning Um, these are processes in the past i mean we we took a, a tray of material and we stuck it in somebody's mouth to the point where they were gagging you know and now we've got digital imaging, we've got digital um, uh, impressioning. So now we have a technology that solved an issue that we've always had. So here's a, you know, here's a a process that used to take time. It used to um, gag the patient. You know, there's tons of comedy skits that are are based around the fact that, you know, they had this goop in their mouth. Well, now we have a, a, a process that we can use a camera, we can take an image and it will bring us back the same um, impression that we used before and actually more accurate in, in, mo- in a lot of cases. So we've changed the process, uh, you know, in essence, but we've also now opened it up, uh, the, the, the process up to um, a marketing idea. We've opened it up to 
taking our patients who were afraid of that process or had a gag reflex, and now we've made it better for them. So again, you know, t- with, with technology comes change and with change comes better processes. We're still gonna have the same outcomes, hopefully better you know, with technology, but um, it gets our patients involved in it and gets them speaking about the practice differently. So these are the little subtle things that change and make it better. Right. Now let's talk about profitability. How do you tie that into profitability? Well, profitability is, is an interesting thing. Um, I have clients who come to me and they say, you know what, I, I just want to spend more time with my kids. Or they'll say, you know, I spend a week every year uh, in a third world country serving um, patients. Uh, it's, it's just something I want to do. Um, or they'll say something like, hey, you know, I don't want to buy a new boat. Um, so profitability is something that changes from client to client. Um, uh, you know, I, I, in my current situation, I, I see profitability different. I, it's not like I, I, when I was in my 20s, I was trying to buy a Ferrari or something like that. You know, now it's a, it's a little different. So profitability is different for every client. And again, goes back to the philosophy. What are we giving back? You know, do, what do we do for our community? What do we do for our, our, our people? What do we do for our, our, our you know, our, our, our crew? So profitability is different, but everybody, you know, first of all, we have to meet the, the needs of the business. Beyond the needs of the business is where I look at how's that philosophy tied to this profitability model. Um, it's it's one of those things that usually I can walk into a doctor's office and, and look around and, you know, here's beautiful pictures of St. Andrews. And, and I realize this person's a golfer and I go, okay, so tell me about what you like to do outside the practice. And it's like, you know, I like, I want to hit every, every one of the top golf courses in the world. Okay. So profitability for that doctor may be, I need to make enough to, to meet the needs of the practice. And then I want to make enough so that I can enjoy these things that I do in life. So, that's profitability for Dr. A, but Dr. B may say, I could care less about anything other than I just want to make enough money that I can retire at 55 or something like that. So it's different, but it all leads back to the first thing we talked about, which was the philosophy. Um, I have, you know, I have a, a client years ago who um, he gave uh, free services for all of the nuns and priests at a, a convent and a, a, a theology seminary um, across the way from him. And that was his, a profit motive for him. He needed to make enough money that he could do this free service for the, for his people, his, his customers. And that led to us building better processes. It led to us finding um, employees who also appreciated that because some of them were like, you know, why is he giving this away? He could be giving us more salary. So the people had to match his process too. Um, so it, like I said, this is all, this is all cyclical. It all ties together. How does it manifest itself? How does he, you know, take this and, you know, achieve his profit goal, whatever the goal is? Well, in, in dentistry, I mean, dentistry can be a pretty solid business. I mean, now, there's a, there's a ton of overhead in, in the dental world. But again, if we close the gaps, and that's usually where I see most practices struggling is, you know, we have missed appointments, we have poor inventory control. Um, those are the kind of things or, or, you know, where patients don't pay on time. But those are, are, are easy fixes when it comes to honing down our process. This is building that Big Mac the same way, the same way, the same way, every way. And making sure that when we hire people, they understand those processes. So we close those gaps. 
So um, for that doctor, we just needed to fill the gaps in uh, in his process so that the, he wasn't losing money so that he could take 10% of his profit and give it back to this, this community. You know, it, 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 to me, it's a simple process because I see it, you know, I see dentistry as these sort of, you know, blocks that you can just stack together. It's like a Lego system. You put it together and it, you come out with a the castle you were building for your child. Um, it's not a, it's not overly complicated. It's just doing the right things and not missing out on something. Right. Right. So we talked about, started with philosophy, then we talked about people, then we talked about process, and then finally profitability. And I know you and I were talking about, should it also end with philosophy? Can you talk more about why you feel everything starts and ends with philosophy? Yeah, I'll give you the perfect example of, of a, where philosophy begins and ends. Um, one of the, I, I'm from Philadelphia. One of the top restaurants in Philadelphia was a, was a restaurant called Lebec Fen. And it was a three-star Michelin restaurant. And when it began, it, they, they had a, only had uh, three seatings a day for, for, for eating. So you had two lunch and one for dinner. And it, they had the top of the line food. It was an unbelievable experience. It was about an hour and a half for dinner uh, for six courses. And everybody sought out this restaurant. It was the kind of place that you went for your anniversary and you took very special occasions at this restaurant. And at some point, the owner of the restaurant decided, you know what? I need to go after the theater crowd in Philadelphia and I needed to have um, where I can do a quick meal for the people who are coming to the theater. So he went out and he decided to create this sort of secondary menu for the theater crowd, which included a um, filet mignon um, uh, hamburger. And he lost his philosophy. He lost his point of reference and he broke his process. He also broke his people. He actually decided that he was going to use these top of the line servers to sell hamburgers on somebody who was not going to get the same full experience. So he changed his philosophy. Eventually he lost the three stars, went down to a two star, lost the second star, went to a one star and eventually the, the restaurant closed. Now, if he had stayed consistent with philosophy, like go back to our beginning, like Disney did, the, the, the vision, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the values of Disney have stayed consistent from the beginning, but the vision of Disney has changed. I mean, in the last 20 years, the vision of Disney has changed to include Pixar and include Star Wars and include Marvel, but the value statement has stayed consistent. And that's the most important part. If, you know, when I work with doctors, I can see that their values change uh, or the values change when their profit motives change, but they have to, you know, and that's where I kind of, I, I, I have to work to get them back in, in line with that. Does this match your philosophy? Does hiring this person match your philosophy? Does buying this piece of machinery match your philosophy? Um, it's something that I, I, I keep having to hammer home uh, with, with clients is, you know, the decisions you make, the person you hire, do they match your philosophy? Will they fit into your process? Does it fit into your profit motive? Um, it, the, the philosophy is the beginning and end of all of it. Makes sense. I really enjoyed um, this conversation, Andre. Um, anything you want to add uh, before we wrap up? And of course, I, I want you to kind of share your contact information. Uh, we will list all of that in the call notes, but still, I would love to you know, have you say that so people can get a hold of you. 
Sure. Well, you know, one of the things I always wrap up my conversation with is this, you know, we need to be open to these experiences on a regular basis. You know, I, I do it by spending time at Disney and, and spending time outside of the, the world of, of dentistry. Um, but the experience that you had at the restaurant last night where you, where you had a really fine experience with a, a hostess, take those experiences and talk to your, your crew about it and say, you know what? have we ever thought about this um, doing something like what I saw last night at the restaurant? Um, those little moments of customer service excellence, we need to figure out how we can incorporate those in the dental field. Um, I always say we don't need to adopt what they do, but it's a great way to adapt what they do. So that's my, that's what my take home. Right. Right. And people um, can get a hold of you by going to your website. Is that the best way to get a hold of you, Andre? Best way to get in touch with me is, yeah, go to our website, www.thecrewprocess.com. And if you'd like to ever give me a call, my cell number is 484-437-5562. And uh, I always answer my phone if I'm available. So always open to open conversation. Perfect. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. And um, look forward to seeing you very soon.